Welcome to the Partnership Economy. This podcast explores the power of partnerships through candid conversations with industry leaders. Join our hosts, Dave Yavano, CEO, and Todd Crawford, co-founder of Impact.com, as they unpack the future of partnerships as a lever for scale and an opportunity to put the consumer first. Welcome back to the Partnership Economy Podcast. I'm your host, Todd Crawford, and I'm excited for you to hear today's episode with Jason Fairchild. He is co-founder and CEO of TV Scientific, and he'll share a unique perspective on CTV, otherwise known as Connected TV. Jason is a leader of innovation at the intersection of media and technology. He broke into the industry and became an early executive at GoTo.com, the inventor of paid search business before Google. Here he explored Connected TV, which led to the founding of TV Scientific. Today, TV Scientific is the first CTV performance advertising and attribution platform offering a self-managed solution. In today's discussion, Jason shares his thoughts on CTV, similarity to paid search in the past and how it contrasts with TV, the rise of performance marketing in CTV, and the importance of TV creatives. This was a conversation full of fascinating stats, and I hope you enjoy. Hey, Jason, thanks so much for joining us on this episode of The Partnership Economy. It's great to have you on. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I think it's exciting and new, and a lot of people maybe don't have a, either don't know about it or don't have a complete grasp. So I'm hopeful that we can go through that today and get everybody educated on you know, what TV scientific does. And I guess really, I think the thing that's got me the most curious is how did this actually come into being as a founder? What in the past happened? And you said, I'm going to create this company, TV scientific. Yeah. My first job in internet advertising was with a small startup out of Pasadena called goto.com that later was renamed Overture and ultimately acquired by Yahoo. And what we did was we pioneered or invented the paid search business uh, long before Google existed. And that was a defining career experience for lots of reasons. And it led directly to the founding of TV Scientific because if you fast forward, I went on to co-found OpenXF, a programmatic platform. And towards the end of that career run, I was researching connected TV. And a few observations hit me. One is this cord cutters were moving to streaming services in record numbers. And that trend was unlikely to slow down the in five years ago, pre-COVID. Two is the internet TVs themselves are connected to the internet. So the potential for a feedback loop between an ad viewed and an outcome existed, at least technically. And the third thing, TV industry is quite large. It's $70 billion a year advertising industry. But 85% of that is concentrated to 500 advertisers. So the founding moment was really... When I said, wow, paid search and then social following had a 9 million advertiser. What if we did for TV what we did for paid search back in the day, which is democratize access uh, through a self-serve buying and measurement console like Google or Facebook, and two, introduce performance KPIs so marketers could buy TV and measure outcomes in the same way you do on, dig on digital or search and social channels. So cost per website visitor, cost per sale, full ROAS, cost per app install, et cetera, et cetera. That was the founding moment. So when did you start the company? We incorporated in August three years ago, and then we launched the platform, I want to say, six months after that. And the platform is it looks and feels and operates remarkably like Google or Facebook. 
in that you can set up and execute a campaign across any streaming service or most streaming services in minutes. And more importantly, you can measure the outcomes as I described. And the way we do that is we deterministically connect the dots between an ad viewed on a CTV or OTT device and an outcome, or an outcome could be a website visit, purchase, et cetera. So there's no panels involved. There's no fuzzy math involved. It's connecting of the dots between the TV ad and an outcome. Now, what makes it interesting and nuanced, like any new channel, is that you can't click on a TV. You have to really back up the assertion that TV is driving outcomes with lots of data and lots of analysis. That's one of the strengths of the platform is we want to make the reporting self-evident. So when you look at a report that shows TV ad viewed at a household and an outcome, you're like, oh, well, clearly that's the cause and effect, which is something we think we're pretty good at. Yeah, I definitely want to get into that, but I want to start off with the most basic of questions. And it harkens back to my early days in affiliate back in 98, where I had to explain what affiliate marketing was three times to a CEO before the light bulb went off on his head and he went, I can't believe I didn't think of that. That's brilliant. But I guess when you think of advertising on TV, everybody's seen TV commercials, but you know, you're using connected TV or CTV versus TV, right? And so what is the difference in the sense of where can you be and where can you not be when you buy ads on TV, right? Broadly speaking, the traditional TV market is driven by cable companies. And in order to advertise, you either buy at national level or at the local level, a TV ad. As people cut the cord, which means they're moving, they disable their cable company and they move to a streaming services like a Netflix or there's several of them. Now they're watching on that same big screen TV that's wall mounted, but it's through the internet, it's piping in content that's very much very similar to what you normally watch in our TV. It's just getting to the living room in a different way through the internet, through these streaming services. So there's well over, I think it's 120 million households that have regular TVs. And now there's over 100 million households that receive streaming TV content. So in a very rapid period of time, the streaming services have gained massive adoption. So and of that, just to put it in a little bit of perspective, over half of all streaming services is ad supported. So it's actually a huge footprint. And then the last thing I'll say is we don't think that our platform is limited to just streaming services. We think over time, we'll also be able to work with cable companies in a very similar fashion, deterministic measurement of exposure to outcome. So what types of brands does this really fit best with today? Who are adopting this? TV scientific? Well, I think there's two answers to that question. We very deliberately started the company and focused on, call it the top 15 or 20% of Google and Facebook marketers. The very performance-oriented advertisers who all have very specific KPI, usually it's ROAS, return on ad spend, or cost per install, or cost per sale type of metrics that require a very deterministic measurement uh, of the media. So we've focused our efforts and sales go to market on that category to basically prove it out against a very discerning, demanding customer set. And by the way, that is the big opportunity is moving searching social advertisers to TV because it's far larger than TV advertising in terms of a addressable market. That said, what we believe is the traditional brand advertisers, the top 500 advertisers, 
that buy through ad agencies and account for 85% of the $70 billion traditional TV market, they're already passing to move to streaming services to reach their audience. And as they do move to the streaming services, they're learning that you can actually do a lot more in, in streaming TV advertising than you could in linear. You can actually measure sales at TV ad exposure to sales. You can measure TV ads to website visits, to QR code swipes, to walk-in traffic. There's a bunch of very deterministic measurements that were not possible in linear TV that are in streaming. So my belief is, while that's not a high priority for us now, because most of those brand advertisers have been doing it the same way for many decades, I think over the coming years, all advertising will be performance advertising. Uh, because why would you spend $100 million a year knowing that you're wasting half of it? If you did have to do that, if you could be more surgical about the targeting and the measurement and the performance, of course, the dollars are going to flow in that direction. But I think it's a phased approach. And for phase one, we're focused on performance-oriented advertisers. And these guys are, these advertisers are quite large. Many of them have $100 million a year type budget. Yeah. So this is a, all falling under the CMO and digital marketing, right, for, for these brands. What team tends to own this or is it still going through an agency and where does this typically fall so for the most part i would say it's either brand direct in a vp of marketing or the growth team or the cmo for these performance oriented marketers we also work with performance oriented agencies who understand these performance kpis and work with brands whether it's in the affiliate space or in other categories to drive scale for their brands through channels like search, social TV, et cetera. What we don't do is go after the big agency holding groups who represent the Coke and Pepsi and Delta Airlines because they've been buying TV in a very specific way, reaching frequency against target demos for, for decades. And it's going to be a slower process of change for them. Yeah. And it, that's obviously a lot bigger of a brand play. Like you're not going to Coke to buy Coke, even though you go to Delta to buy Delta, it, it's really about if you're going to travel, if you're going to get on an airplane, fly Delta, right? So the brands that you're currently working with are really about buy my product or service or download my app, right? Well, I, that's a probably a discussion for another time, but I'll just say this. I'm guessing that Delta Airlines, when they do their quarterly reports, and I haven't listened to one in a while, they talk about sales. When Coke does their, or McDonald's do their quarterly Wall Street reports, they talk about sales. So in my mind, all advertising should be ultimately connected back to impact on sales, which gets lost in translation when people talk about reaching frequency against target demos. They're, they almost get lost in the forest through the trees where they forget that the whole point of advertising is to drive sales of a product or service. And I, I think being grounded in that true north is vitally important. And CTV and the, the way we do things on performance, very tight performance KPIs, I think will open the eyes up to these major brand advertisers that they should be anchored in marketing activities that actually drive sales. Yeah. And I think the big difference is deterministic versus probabilistic. The billboards, the out of office, out of home advertising doesn't have as easily correlated sales. They know they have sales, but they're not as easy to correlate like what you guys are doing. So I 100% agree performance is the way to go. And I think a lot of companies want that. Wasn't it Procter & Gamble of several years ago said we, everything has to be performance. So I think everybody gets it. It's just, it's hard to give up a lot of those big branding budgets that 
are more probabilistic in the, the measurement versus deterministic because it's just not as prevalent. And, and you guys are one of the few that, that can do that. Well, the good news is there are there, there is a whole industry ecosystem around performance, whether it's affiliate or our performance agencies. I think it's growing and growing. And I'll just, I'll point out that up, IEB said that last year, 22, there was about a $300 billion U.S. advertising market, give or take a bit. And if you do the math on it, close to 200 billion of that is on performance-oriented channels. So affiliate, search, social, email, all with pretty hardcore KPIs. And so it's already dominant. I think it's just a matter of people understanding that there is technology available to market, whether it's on TV or otherwise, and tie back to to a sales KPI. So the reason we're talking is obviously this is the Partnership Economy podcast, and we're all about performance-based partnerships, which you've alluded to this being a, a form of that. Where does this intersect between affiliate and performance and TV scientific? How's the brand paying for it and how do you pay for it? How does it all work, the mechanics? Yeah, so just a, maybe one other note as a background, because I think it's important, is is we think it's a big opportunity. TV, we think it works and we have the data to support that. And it's a big opportunity because if you look at what happened in paid search, it's obviously worked out for Google connecting search media to outcomes. Worked out well for Amazon, connecting e-commerce, online activity to outcomes. Same thing with Facebook. Somebody is going to win in TV and connecting TV media to outcomes. We think what the components of that, of the winning formula, are you've got to be a platform first. And to us, that means one is radical transparency because marketers won't trust you grading your own homework in a world where you can't click on a TV. So you've got to see the data to convince marketers that the TV ad led to a sale. So radical transparency is one. And then two is you can't grade your own homework. So you may have a point of view, but you have to be open, a platform first open, so interoperable with other platforms and other ecosystems. So if a marketer in the affiliate category, for example, says, look, my source of truth is impact or whomever it is, our position is we'll take, we'll put that data and we'll put it wherever you want. You, it, honestly, it's your data. It's not ours. We're not a walled garden. And so having, being interoperable and partnering with all the companies in the ecosystem is foundational to being a platform first, widely distributed TV marketing platform. We need to be, we need to be interoperable with all of the platforms and technologies they want to work with. So it's not optional from our point of view, it's mandatory. And from the very beginning, we've been interoperable with all the folks in the, in lots of categories from mobile MMPs to affiliate platforms to you name it. So what are some of the analytics and how do you create them? so that there's trust in those numbers, right? And believability so that after maybe a test, they're jumping in to the deep end. Yep. So I'll tell you our approach and, and there's, it does require a learning process on the marketer side, because again, the industry has been so well-trained on last click attribution that it's going to, it's going to require reading away from that since you can't click on a TV. And by the way, I think last click attribution has been fairly disproven. Even Google's backed away from last click up attribution. So the way we do it is we is we go live with a campaign and we usually we usually set up so it goes broad. So broad targeting. 
And then we follow the data. And usually that means we work with a marketer to set up an attribution window. And then we look at the ad exposure to outcome trends within that period of time to show just basic correlation. That's kind of level one reporting. Level two reporting is saying, what's the path to purchase? So acknowledging that you can't click on a TV, then where did what did that user do to click? And so we'll show ad exposure to last click channel. Could be paid search, could be social, could be affiliate, could be whatever. And we just basically show that to the marketer to, to let them know the consumer path to purchase. And when we tie that all the way to order ID, so it's not, it's not this analytical kind of abstraction. And the third thing we do is we help marketers understand incrementality of TV as it relates to driving outcomes. And that's built into our platform so you can run a control group and see the impact of a TV exposed audience versus a TV non-exposed audience. And that tells a really compelling story. And by the way, that's a very data science, tried and true methodology to understand the impact of any of your marketing channel, not just TV. And they need to know, do we make money as a company? Are we arbitraging? How is it all working in order to trust it? And without trust, you don't scale. So that's our approach. And it could be as simple as we integrate with Google Analytics. So if they want to just look in their Google Analytics and show which last clicks have been previously exposed to TV ads, um, we can easily do that. So it all the, any or all of those things are available to every advertiser on our platform. And because this type of advertising is more synonymous with ad serving internet, right? I imagine there's some far greater targeting capabilities. So can you talk a little bit about the targeting capabilities that brands have through TV Scientific? Yeah, it's, it's pretty advanced. The way I explain it to most people is if you've done digital advertising where you, you can target based on hypergeo, literally polygoning around a, a target location, or you want to do just zip code targeting, or you want to do in third party and tender targeting, like auto and tenders or college education, higher ed in tenders or whatever it is, there's hundred thousand segments or more that are digital. We're plugged into that entire ecosystem. So. If there's some newfangled third-party data that's the exterior comes up with, we can apply it to targeting on TV. So that's kind of bread and butter. You can do uh, website to TV retargeting. So let's say you're Best Buy, you're an e-commerce company, and you get, I don't know, call it a million visitors a month to the website. You can then cookie those users, and through privacy-compliant onboarding, we can identify the households that those visitors came from, IP addresses really, although we resolve all the way down to the address, and we can deliver ads to those households that have been to the Best Buy website in this case. Incredibly effective, retargeting is effective on display advertising, as, and it's even more effective on TV. So we can do all of those things. Anything you can do on digital, you can do on TV. Yeah, I think that probably gives brands a, a lot of confidence in maybe initial testing especially, and then slowly broadening it just like they would online, which I think from a mental model, it makes the, the marketing team really comfortable with this form, right? Because it's aligned with what they're used to doing. The one example I use is as Ford Motor Company hypothetically wanted to reach all previous Ford F-150 pickup users, owners, they could onboard that through live ramp or other onboarding services and then deliver TV ads to those households. So. It's pretty advanced, again, as advanced as, as digital advertising. Yeah, that's fascinating. It's really exciting. So can you talk a little bit about the budget ranges and then we'll get into how the creative is done? Sure. So we, right out of the gate, we were 
philosophically, I would say adamant that, and I was there in the early days of paid search, and there, there were no minimums in paid search. It was self-serve. You could spend $100 or $100,000. So we built Kiki Scientific in exactly that model. There are no minimums. That said, the warning we give is for marketers is they want to spend enough money to get an accurate read on the channel. So you don't want to just spend $100 and say, yep, oh, that didn't work. And it could be different for every product or every advertiser. And we can help coach them or by category, we make recommendations. But you want to get an accurate read on whether or not it works, whether it's $500 or $5,000 or $25,000, depending on the marketer. If you're a local caterer and that wants to promote your catering shops, you could probably do it for a couple of grand a month and get really good success. If you're a large D2C teeth whitening company with a national footprint, you might want to spend more to make sure you, you get an accurate read of the incremental list that's associated with TV advertising. But the net of it is we wanted to make the barriers really low because in a lot of ways that creates easy testing and more people participating in the market and more people learning and winning. And that's what our platform is all about. Yeah. So this gets to the creative, which really is the, the thing that drives the results. I mean, a bad commercial, you could have the best targeting and everything should have worked and it didn't. So the, the creative is key here. What's the process to creating these spots? And I assume there's a multitude of ways to do it and, and possibly you guys have solutions there. So I'd love to hear, learn more about that. Yeah. So the, the first thing is not all, but most of the advertisers we work with already have some form of video creative for Instagram or Facebook. So it's really not that hard to to take those assets and we have a team in-house that can turn those into TV, high quality TV ads that can pass muster with the most discerning uh, channels, Peacock or Hulu or what have you. For folks who don't have creative for whatever reason, or it's dated or whatever it is, there are platforms now that have democratized access to to video creatives for exactly this purpose, for both social and for TV. VidMob is one, there's Scale Creative is another, there's several of them. So you can go and get a creative done pretty inexpensively, uh, and that's another option. Yet another option is you know, a company called Spaceback, and they take, your, they take your social footprint and they turn it into a static but with motion TV ad. It basically costs nothing, and you could run it if you're a pizza shop. Uh, you can run it, or if you're D2C, you can run it, and it's high quality. It didn't cost you really anything extra, and we're learning about performance, but the te our tests show that it performs on par or nearly on par with extensive high production value creative. So I guess the net of all that is we're not in a in the world we were, say, 10 years ago where TV ad costs ten or $20,000. You can do it for far less, and then as you gain confidence getting results and seeing sales, then you can start to invest behind new creatives or new creative iterations. And I would say in five years, oh, we don't have to sidetrack the conversation, but I think AI is going to uh, develop pretty far along. So you can probably get to a full creator without involving a camera at all. Yeah. And to your point earlier about starting budgets and things, you could go into paid search with a hundred dollars and not get good results. And that's not saying paid search is a bad place to spend money. It's really about having enough of a budget to actually optimize and see the end results. And I think that's probably the challenge for a lot of brands is being able to carve out a little bit just to go into this market or go into this channel, I guess we would call it, uh, to see if it works. I'll tell you uh, a quick story. When we just started paid search, I had a friend that ran a, a company called Vegas.com, but it was in the nascent early days. 
and they were all about Vegas travel and we went to, to pitch and paid surge. And they were just confused. Like, wait a second, one click cost a penny. The next one costs 30 cents. The next one, 50 cents. Like, how do we rationalize all this? How do we instrument to make all this make sense? And they tried and failed, tried and failed. Fast forward, it's not even a year or two. They start spending millions. And I want to say there are many tens of millions of dollars of paid search business just because they invested in testing, learning, iterating. TV is, it, it's, I think it's the most powerful medium in history. If you think about a message on a TV, I'm looking at a 70 inch big screen. There's no clutter. There's no mixing of messages with whatever clutters around the page. I think TV's then, and has always been way more impactful than we realized. And the reason we don't realize it is because we've never been able to measure it. Now we can, and wow, we've seen some incredible statistics. Well, this has been a great conversation, and I'm glad we got to unpack all this because it's new and exciting. And I think even if you're not ready to do it, just knowing about it is the kind of the first step, right? It's awareness, just marketing, right? Top of the funnel is awareness, then there's consideration and then the transaction. I guess just as a parting kind of thing is, what do you wish more people knew about your business? I think it comes down to, you can embrace television as a growth driver for your business without trusting fuzzy metrics, but trusting metrics that look, seal, and calculate just like paid search or social. That does exist today. You can drive ma material growth through your business using the platform like PD Scientific and getting all the same data you get from a search and social campaign, actually far more. Because one thing about search and social, they are walled gardens and they're careful about what they share with you. We are almost to a fault we share data. I think the thing that people should take away is it's possible and it's just a question of getting in and testing learning, iterating, and scaling over time as you gain confidence. Awesome. Well, again, I want to thank you for coming on and sharing everything that you guys have been doing and in, in this opportunity. I'm excited for this and I, I love our partnership and I wish you guys continued success. Thanks for coming on. Yeah. Thanks for having me into the partnership. I hope you are all able to learn more about CTV and TV Scientific's role in it. TV has always been impactful. Now we're able to measure its effectiveness in a much more granular manner. CTV is becoming a huge opportunity for brands looking for new media placements to increase their influence in advertising's main goal of driving sales. It was great chatting with Jason and learning more about CTV's role in performance marketing. Thanks for listening and I look forward to next time. Thanks for listening to The Partnership Economy brought to you by Impact.com. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to subscribe to the show and rate and review it on Apple Podcasts.